Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Grand Slam Journey Podcast, where I, together with my guests, discuss various topics related to finding our passion and purpose, maximizing our potential, sports, life after sports, and transitioning from one chapter of our lives to the next, growing our leadership and whatever we decide to put our minds into. For me personally, areas of business and technology. Today's episode is one of the shorter solo formats I have been testing out. And today I'm going to experiment with something a bit different. And I hope I can get through this without being too emotional. Today, March 14th, is my grandpa's birthday. My grandpa meant the world to me. I am forever grateful for having such a role model in my life and the 11 and a half years I have been privileged to have him. Before I share more stories about my grandpa, I want to read to you a short excerpt from a book written by Thich Nhat Hanh. This short paragraph is named Long Live Impermanence. If you suffer, it's not because things are impermanent. It's because you believe things are permanent. When a flower dies, you don't suffer much because you understand that flowers are impermanent. But you cannot accept the impermanence of your beloved one and you suffer deeply when she passes away. If you look deeply into impermanence, you will do your best to make her happy right now. Aware of impermanence, you become positive, loving, and wise. Impermanence is good news. Without impermanence, nothing would be possible. With impermanence, every door is open for change. Instead of complaining, we should say, Long live impermanence. Impermanence is an instrument for our liberation. My grandpa passed away more than 26 years ago after a battle with cancer. He was a smoker, and so later in his life, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He had undergone an initial set of chemo, but that left him feeling very sick. And he decided he prefers to spend the rest of the life or the time he had at that point in time with his family and the people he loved. He didn't want to go through additional treatments and decided to focus on spending time with us and the family. I remember the day he died like it was yesterday. And I almost felt like it was coming. I was in my room listening to a song that I haven't played since then. It's a Czech song. It's quite deep. And I will play it here for those who may understand Czech, although most of my listeners are from non-Czech speaking countries. So you may not be able to fully grasp the essence of it but it's pretty much about life and death so here it is 
phone rang. My mom picked it up and she came over to my room telling me that my grandpa passed away. At that moment, I had a very weird mix of emotions. Obviously, I felt a deep sense of sadness, but I also felt deep relief. A relief that he doesn't have to suffer anymore. If you've had any of your loved ones, family members or dogs, die of cancer, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's one of the worst deaths that I wouldn't wish for anyone. I wouldn't wish it on the worst enemy, and especially not someone that you love. At the end of his life, The cancer spread so much through all his bones. And so when my grandma would go to bed, and back in the day, they weren't mattresses like now. You know, it was bed on the springs. And so if one person goes into the bed, the whole bed moves. And so every time my grandma would go to bed, the bed would move a little bit. And my grandpa would be in agonizing pain just from my grandma getting in and out of bed. It was awful to see. And so I remember feeling grateful 
that he doesn't have to suffer anymore. My grandpa was a real hero. He made me feel loved. He made me feel understood. He made things fun and joyful. He always brightened up the room with whatever humorous comments or conversation he had. Here are some of the examples of things I appreciated about my grandpa and how he navigated his life. I used to hate napping when I was a kid. I was a very energetic kid. But my grandpa loved taking naps, especially in the afternoon. So he would always tease me to go to bed with him. And he would tell me these beautiful stories about elephant bimbo and rabbits and monkeys and many other animals living in a forest. It's sort of sad I don't remember the full stories anymore. I wish I had a way to record them back in the day. I just remember how they made me feel. My grandpa always found a way how to make things fun, how to look at others as equal, and let them be who they wanted to be. My grandma is from a large family of 10 siblings, and so at times her siblings would come visit them, and especially there were a few that my grandpa knew were quite jealous. And so when those specific ones would come over, my grandpa would make sure to leave a paste up on top of a table and write an extra zero behind it. Back then, during the communist era, everyone was making almost the same money. And so it was rather rare (laughs) or close to impossible that he would be making so much. But that specific aunt or uncle who would come over and see if they can read the pay step accurately, he kept it just the right amount out of their sight, so they had to almost lean in, and they were trying to see if they read it, if that's really true or they can't see. My grandpa did it not from a reason to show off, but he knew it would drive them crazy. And so it was his way of playing with their mind and having fun in his own way. Another thing my grandpa would do is he would tell me stories of how things used to do back in the days. He used to tell me that back in the prehistoric time, the way people used to pull their teeth, they would tie a small piece of rope around the tooth, and then the second end of the rope they would tie to a door, and they would have a person sit on a chair behind a door, and when a person would walk in, someone would open the door and with the door pull someone's tooth out. Now I was a kid, and my grandpa was a hero. I believed a lot of things, but I don't think I believed this one specifically. And so when my grandpa was diagnosed with a cancer, especially at the beginning stages, his teeth started getting loose and falling out. I remember him showing me one specific tooth that was quite wobbly for a while, and he wasn't sure if he should go to the dentist to get it pulled. One day, I'm going back from school to my grandma's and grandpa's house. My school was in the proximity of their house. It was in another town, not the town we lived. 
And so every day I would go to school and then from the school I would go to my grandma's and grandpa's where I would do homework, etc. So one day I'm going back from school and I see someone is sitting behind the door. I thought it was my grandpa, but I didn't think about it too much. And so I go in, I open the door and my grandpa yells loudly. I was in shock. I didn't know what happened. And there I look. There was a piece of rope tied to the other side of the door. And on the other side of the rope, there was my grandpa's tooth hanging on the piece of rope and swinging. It was the same tooth he was showing me a few days ago to this date. I don't know if the tooth actually fell off and he just played it. Or he literally tried to prove that that is how people used to pull their teeth out and he wanted to demonstrate it to prove his point. I even tried asking my grandma and she swore to this date that I literally pulled his tooth out. I'm still not sure about that one. Another thing about my grandpa was that he was very industrious. Back in the communist era, nobody really had much money. The promise of the communist era is that everybody works, everybody is equal, and everybody has the same as their neighbor. The concept of the communism is probably a very noble one. The reality is that we humans always want more than we have. And so the practicality of deploying communism <laughs> doesn't really work. Maybe that's a deeper topic for a separate podcast alone. Nobody was really earning a huge amount of money and getting things such as purchasing a new car was rather rare. First, it would require a large amount of savings. And second, cars didn't even come around that easily. And so what my grandpa decided to do, he decided to order the whole shell of the car. And then he ordered parts gradually and work on the car to put it all together. I have to say it was pretty cool seeing the car come to life as a little kid. I remember running around the garage, observing my grandpa and seeing the car come to life and then driving in it with my grandpa. It felt so cool. I'm not sure how many people nowadays are able to put the whole car together like that. He was truly special. Another thing I really appreciated about him is that he knew just the right time when to step up and take charge. Most of the time, my grandpa would have fun, be playful, tell jokes, and have a relaxing conversation. But it seemed like he knew the right time when he would step up and yell, no, this is wrong, this is not how things are going to go, we're going to do them this way. He knew exactly when to take charge and when to lead versus letting others decide what they want to do. Another excerpt from a book written by Thich Nhat Hanh is a short paragraph to cherish your beloved. When we know that the person we love is impermanent, we will cherish our beloved all the more. Impermanence teaches us to respect and value every moment and all the precious things around us and inside of us. When we practice mindfulness of impermanence, we become fresher and more loving. 
And so going back and seeing this reality of someone I loved so dearly, someone who made me feel so special and so unique, pass away. It was almost like I couldn't wrap my mind around it. It wasn't until later when I realized that in some ways I felt abandoned. He was the one person that really brought joy and playfulness in my life. The family situation at that point wasn't that fun and joyous. He was the one person that made it easier and made things playful. And so for the longest time, I felt like I have lost my best friend, somebody whom I loved so dearly, someone who was so smart, so talented in so many ways. And then I saw him being beaten by this awful sickness that I hate from the bottom of my heart. It wasn't until many years, perhaps even decades later, that my coach helped me rewire my perspective and the way to look at things. And the way to look at it is how grateful I should be for having someone so special in my life. For having someone show me how to lead a life and demonstrate the qualities that I admire I hope you listeners have someone like that and perhaps you had and they may have passed away by now. Maybe the point of the podcast is to consider who are the people that you admire? Are they still alive? If so, are you sharing with them how much you appreciate all they do and what they mean to you? And if they're not alive, how can you live up to all of the lessons they have showed you? Have you grown into being a person that they would be proud of? How do you carry yourself through your life? And how are you demonstrating the qualities and the lessons they taught you to become the same or perhaps even better version than they were? I want to read one more short paragraph from the same book written by Thich Nhat Hanh. This one is called Flowers and Garbage. Flowers and garbage are both organic in nature. So looking deeply into the nature of a flower, you can see the presence of the compost and the garbage. The flower is also going to turn into garbage. But don't be afraid. You are a gardener, and you have in your hands the power to transform garbage into flowers, into fruit, into vegetables. You don't throw anything away because you are not afraid of garbage. Your hands are capable of transforming it into flowers or lettuce or cucumbers. The same thing is true of your happiness and your sorrow. Sorrow. Fear and depression are all a kind of garbage. These bits of garbage are part of real life, and we must look deeply into their nature. You can practice in order to turn these bits of garbage into flowers. 
It is not only your love that is organic. Your hate is, too. So you should not throw anything out. All you have to do is learn how to transform your garbage into flowers. And so if you're dealing with any of the garbage, I strongly believe that sometimes it's the hardest times that tell us who we are and teach us the biggest lessons. I used to believe that it's the wins that define our greatness. But through my life and through my experience, I found that it's typically the hardest times that gave me the confidence to believe and realize who I really am and to buckle down, do the deep work, and then I always come out on the other hand stronger, more aware, and more confident. And so, what is your garbage? And how do you want to transform it into flowers? For me, my grandpa was the best flower I could ever ask for. I miss him dearly. And I am grateful for sharing 11 and a half years of my life with him. The love he shared with me how he navigated life, and all that I learned observing his leadership, qualities that I adore and admire. And perhaps the real lesson I'm practicing now is how to apply them in my daily life to make him proud. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to ask you to please do two things. One, Please share this episode with someone you believe may enjoy this well. And two, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform that allows you to submit a feedback. It will help me greatly.